Howdy. Welcome to Renegade Fantasy Sports NRL Fantasy Podcast, The Rundown, with me, the Defensive Center. You can find me on Twitter, at Defensive Center, all one word. So on this uh, weekly podcast, I cover all of the latest NRL news and developments relevant to your NRL fantasy team. Plus, I'll give you all the highlights from www.renegadesfs.com, which is where you can get all of your NRL fantasy analysis. The next 15 minutes are meant for all of us who just haven't got time to trawl through 23 hours of signing news on Fox Footy to find the stuff that's actually relevant to this round. So first, a bit of an update on my team. Um, I held it together this week, posting 890 in a, uh, in a high-scoring round. Finished the round at 1,191st, which is a slight improvement, so that's pretty good. Um, this week, I'm sort of starting to think about my buy planning. Uh, after I downloaded the buy planner from the RFS website, um, I realized that I really need to do a lot of work before round 12. Uh, so it was a bit of a shock. And on top of all that, my halves need a lot of work. So I'm still running Lamb and uh, LG and Jax with Field, who obviously isn't going to get a look in anytime soon with the way the Dragons are going. So I need to do spend a bit of money there. Obviously, I'm, well, possibly fortunately still carrying Braley, who might get a few more score, uh, good scores and a bit more money with Seguiaro being injured, but that's going to need some work too, probably before the buys, which has uh, all got me a little bit worried. So let's jump into the fallout from round six and what to look at out for in round seven. So injury and teamless news. Uh, we've got two Friday games, uh, no Thursday game, which is why this podcast is out a day later. Uh, Dogs versus Rabbits is the first game. So the Dogs lose uh, Abby and Clemmer through injury. Abby really hurt a lot of people last week with an early concussion in the game and scored only two points. Um, I think if I thought about it a little bit more, I may have even run Abby in my in my 17, but fortunately I didn't really pay attention to the fact he was playing the Knights and so uh, avoided that two points. Brett Morris ends up going to fullback this week and Holland comes in on the wing. Elliot joins the forwards. Uh, with Tuolau and Fatala Mariner on the bench. Dez is still playing Silly Buggers and has Frawley on the extended bench, uh, so there's a potential that he might come into onto the, onto the bench or possibly even, which would be fantastic, into the 13 starting uh, on game day. So just uh, keep an eye out on that. The Rabbits are unchanged, which means that a potential mid-range buy-friendly Crichton keeps his starting spot. Uh, he played 80 minutes last week for the first time, so a lot of people are pretty interested in that, and I'll have a few things to say about that later on. Knights versus Roosters. For the Knights, uh, Levi starts at hooker, so Bureau goes back to the edge. Wardle is back uh, on the bench, and Stone replaces Yates on the bench. Yates is on the extended interchange still, so he may still come back in uh, on the bench on game day as well. For the Roosters, Latrell Mitchell is rested, uh, you can't see me doing scare quotes around that. Uh, he didn't have a particularly good game, so rested is normally code for being dropped to uh, sort himself out. Joseph Manu comes in to replace him. Uh, for the Broncos versus Titans, the Bronx have lost their halfback Hunt for six to eight weeks. So this gives Nick Arima a bit of a chance to stake his claim for next year's number seven jersey. So he starts in the seven. Mead becomes the interchange player on the bench. Um... And so Oates comes back into the starting side on the wing. Sims and Thide start. For the injury-ravaged Titans, 
They get Peets and McQueen back, and that's caused some uh, reshuffling and some people have pushed off the bench there. Sea Eagles versus Storm. For Manly, Tapao and Miles are out. Uh, Tapao is uh, listed as, as indefinite, so uh, I'm not entirely sure what the proper goss is on him. Uate is also uh, back. Fanua Blake starts. For the Storm, Chambers is out with one-match ban due to a shoulder charge. Uh, Blair returns. Turns to the bench, uh, re- returns to the team to cover him. McLean starts with a sofa Solomona on the bench. Jesse Bromwich is on the extended interchange, so he, uh, I assume if he's fit, he'll play, but I'm not entirely sure why he's been named there. Uh, Raiders versus Warriors, both of those teams are unchanged after good games last week. Dragons versus Cowboys, uh, St. George are unchanged. The Cows have a heap of changes, uh, so Thurston, as everyone knows, is out for at least two weeks, possibly more, so. Hampton, who was a bit of a revelation last week at Hooker, now moves to half, and Leary has been named at Hooker. Um, there's a few rumours uh, going around at the moment that Leary might actually uh, be on the bench, and Asiata might play Hooker, or might possibly half. He's a bit of a ball-playing uh, big guy, so I would be paying attention to that, and maybe not uh, trading in Leary in such a way that you can't reverse that on game day. O'Neill is back, which pushes Bowen out of the team. Hess starts in front of Ethan Lowe, which is a little bit odd, um, but that'll make all the Hess owners pretty happy. Fensum is out injured for, I think, a few weeks with a foot injury. So a rookie is named on the bench in Corey Jensen. Um, there's a lot of um, pretty good hype going on around Corey Jensen, uh, being compared a little bit to Hess. Although the number of minutes he gets is likely to be pretty small, I suspect it'll be similar to what Fenson was getting. Coot is still not back, so Ponga gets a, his uh, continues to keep getting a shot at fullback. Panthers versus Sharks. For the Panthers, there are, again, plenty of changes. So Moylan, Blake, Peachy, Fisher-Harris are all back uh, from either injury or suspension because uh, Hook is basically a school teacher. Uh, Cartwright is on the extended interchange, and you would assume that if he's fit, he will play, at least off the bench, and that could be the end of Harawira Naira, um, who's been a fantastic cash cow for a lot of us. He's currently named on the bench, but I imagine if Cartwright is fit, he'll push off entirely. Um, again, keep an eye out on game day. For the Sharks, the only change is a loss of Seguiaro with a broken arm, and he's replaced by Capewell. So Braley is likely to continue to get at least reasonable minutes. He probably won't go back to playing 80, in my view. Uh, Catewell would spell him, you would think. But at least you would think he's not going to get sort of a 40-40 split, which is what he was getting with Seguiaro. Uh, Eels versus Tigers. The only change in this game is Frank Pritchard is out, and Moroa starts, and Alvaro comes onto the bench. So on the Renegades uh, Fantasy Sport website, there's currently three fluke or for real articles up covering probably the three players that everyone's talking a lot about this week. Uh, First up, we've got Ben Hampton, who is a dual position player, hooker, half. He's currently priced at $167,000, which is pretty cheap. Break even of minus three, which is pretty attractive as well. So he supposedly has uh, some form of job security until Granville uh, and or Thurston return. So there's potential there that he might be playing, at least in the starting team, for another three to five more weeks. The Riders ended up going eight 
to one that he is a fluke um, for a number of reasons. One of the main reasons is that he's a little bit expensive for a cash out now. He's got a couple of price rises and his score last week of 54 uh, involved him basically doubling his historical points per minute. So he's now also named at half uh, with Thurston being out. So his old point per minute scoring rate of sort of 0.4 to 0.5 might be more realistic, although he will now play 80 minutes at least. So um, read into that what you what you will, but sort of a 35 um, points per game sort of average seems a little bit more likely. So uh, that's the conclusion from the writers there. Angus Crichton, everyone is very excited about this guy, had a Barnstorming game last week. So second row forward, uh, currently priced at $315,000, a break-even of minus three, so again, plenty of money to make there. This week, he again is named in the starting team. He played 80 minutes last week and scored 78, which is huge. He's playing for the very buy-friendly Rabbitohs, and I think that's one of the most significant pieces of this puzzle. Um, if he can lock down a big-minute roll over Origin, he could be very useful for a lot of teams. The riders in the end ended up going 4-2 to two that he is a fluke. The main concern obviously being whether or not he can lock down that long, uh, that big minute roll. Uh, his job security is very much up in the air. Uh, Madge is changing the forward pack every week. And in the current configuration, you've got Turner playing a prop, which uh, is confusing because, um, you know, he's not a prop. He's not a big guy. Uh, so... Just go figure that one out. Um, for me personally, this guy's really on my radar this week after doing a bit of buy planning. Getting someone in from the Rabbitohs is uh, pretty attractive. The final one is another buy-friendly option, which is Nathan Brown from the Eels. So he's a bit more expensive at $401,000. He's got a three-round average of almost 57, which is huge. Um, and also, which is notable, that isn't with a dramatic increase in minutes. So he seems to hover around the 60-minute mark on the ground per game. He's available at front row forward and has a break-even of 17. So he logged a three-all draw with the Riders, fluke or for real. So if you've got $400,000 hole in your front row forward, um, he could be a reasonable option. Looking on the website, obviously we've got uh, the same sorts of articles up as every other week. The break-evens are there. Um, if you haven't been to check out the break-evens, maybe because you've got uh, the assistant coach or something like that on the NRL Fantasy website, go check them out. So they also show the expected price gain or loss if the player maintains their current average. And that can be pretty useful when trying to think about whether or not a player uh, has any value in them or not. Um, Pit My Team is up this week. Uh, it caused a lot of fights last week. Um, in the end, it didn't end up being published in time for the first game. So the same team was reviewed again and the writers finally settled on a, a few suggested trades there. So go check that out. If you think your team needs a fair bit of work and you could use a bit of inspiration from some of those. Uh, Scarfy Scraps and all the game reviews are still are up there to help out if you missed out on round six and want to know what all the main talking points from that round are. Um, one of my favorite articles that goes around every week is the RFS Bosses. Uh, article. So there's a really fantastic bit in there about where teams were in round six um, that ended up finishing uh, quite high at the end of the last season. 
So some of the highlights from that included that the team that won the comp last year was coming 57th at round six last year, uh, and second place was in 658th. So that's a fair bit of a gain there for those two teams last year. The team that finished fifth wasn't even in the top 5,000, and there were two other teams in the top 50 at the end of the year that were outside of the top 5,000 after round six. And uh, 19 of the final top 50 sides weren't even ranked inside the top 1,000. Of the top 50 sides in round six last year, so think about the top 50 sides who are, who are currently uh, at the top of the comp, uh, only four of those would finish the year in the top 50. So basically, heap of sides slid out of contention as the year went on. So it's a really fantastic news for all of us that feel that we might have a structurally decent sort of team that's building quite well, but the rankings don't really show it yet. A bit of good buy planning, a bit of luck can see huge improvement. And you've got to remember too that a lot of the rankings, a lot of the total scores for each team are still quite tight. So, you know, one good round here and there can lead to a pretty big improvement in rank. Um, the other really exciting bit of news is that the first ranked team only scored 847 this round or last round. Uh, so a lot of us who had a reasonable round would have made up some significant ground on first place, which is good to know. So just before I finish up, the other big news this week coming out of uh, NRL Fantasy, uh, Renegade Fantasy Sports, NRL, is that we're bringing back the Eliminator. So a lot of you may remember a few years ago, uh, Dream Team used to run a competition which was basically a head-to-head -head knockout for the final uh, sort of 15 to 20 odd rounds of the competition and all teams that were ranked a certain level would go in and there would be gradual knockouts until one final team was left undefeated for the entire period. So at Renegades, they're bringing that back with a $500 prize for first place. So what you have to do to get involved is you have to be sporting the Renegade tag, RNGD, somewhere in your team name. You've got to join the Eliminator League. Uh, so the title of that is Renegades Eliminator 2017 League. The code is capital CLWVT5Z2. You have to join that by 11.59 on Wednesday the 19th of April. So that will give all the lads a chance to uh, put the Eliminator draw together. If you join the Renegade Fantasy Sports NRL Facebook page, if you're not already there, you'll see the matchups week to week um, and how you're going, whether or not you've won. And there's also going to be no matchups on rounds 12, 15, and 18, which are the big buy rounds. So everyone's pretty excited about it. And uh, look out for me. I'll be definitely getting involved. And uh, good luck. So that's it for me today. Um, sit tight, set your lineup, Captain Smith. See you later.